When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Josh Rutledge, your co-host for Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to support us more, please head over to our website, fearscapepodcast.com. There you can click on store and browse some really awesome t-shirts and maybe pick a couple up. Or even go to our Patreon page and see how you can support us monthly. We love bringing you awesome content just as much as you like listening to it. Enjoy the show. Hello. I'm so glad you could join us. I hope you brought your blanket to hide under. The spooky crew is going to discuss things and events from other realms. Ghosts. Cryptids. Aliens. Be sure to hold your blanket extra tight as the boys take you deep into the fear scale, fear scale, fear scale. <laughs> Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another exciting adventure <laughs> here on Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. I am your host, Stefan Gearhart, and I am joined as usual by my uh, heavenly body himself, Josh Rutledge. <laughs> well, I, why thank you. Uh, my, my buddy Lance, who uh, is my co-host on Unhappy Campers, him and I joke all the time because I played a character one time where I said, honey, you're just like Jesus on the cross. Heavenly, <laughs> and so that's I thought it would be dead. No, that no, that's yeah. the thing that that that's what everybody thinks. That everybody's mouth dropped, and then I just said heavenly and turned it into a compliment, uh, and everyone was like, "Hurrah! Okay, you did it, buddy!" I see what you did there. Yeah, um, but no, thank you so much for being so heavenly, Josh. Um, just you give me something to look at besides the door. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, uh, we're thankful for you guys. I have a glow. Enjoy a globe. <laughs> you have a globe, but not a glow. Uh, but no, thank you guys for tuning in. We've got a really cool episode where uh, we've we've got a getting spooky episode for yep. you guys. Haven't had one in a minute. Uh, we're getting spooky with the uh, head of Detroit Paranormal Expeditions, Mr. Todd Bonner. Uh, he's going to be on the line here in just a moment. We're going to be meeting up with him and talking all about all the spookiness that's happening in Detroit and beyond. Yep, exactly. It's it's a it's a really great show tonight. Yeah, and it's cool because you know a lot of people know i'm from toledo and my family's from the detroit area so there's a lot that hit home for me so i'm, I'm very excited about that i drove through michigan once on the way to canada Ooh, you're so cool <laughs> um but before we get to that i want to share with everybody our word of the week that's right our psychic word of the week from our uh cool little book i've turned the pages and i stopped a little early this time and came across the word well term 
Akashic Records. Now, if you're in the New Age community, you're pretty familiar with it. I know I am. But uh, here uh, is what it says. Akashic Records. In Jungian psychology, the collective unconsciousness, that part of the Earth's aura on which impressions of every person who ever lived, including their thoughts and feelings, every event, no matter how minor, and all possible concepts are completely and permanently impressed. Many clairvoyants who tune into the past, including a lot of psychic detectives, say they read the Akashic Records in order to get their information. Hmm. So essentially it's like a database. It's it's right. it's, it's, it's the cloud. <laughs> so, it's the dead sea scrolls of the earth. Yeah, it's it's the cloud of the earth. It, it, it just stores everything. And, I mean, it's... We, I mean, it's the way our brain works. You know, everything is stored there. Yeah, there is just n- whether or not you can access it. Correct. Absolutely. But yeah, so Akashic Records. Boy, we could do a whole episode on Akashic Records, I'll tell you that. Um, but yeah, before we uh, get moving into Todd, I want to get into a little bit of spooky news. That sounded gross, Todd. I'm sorry. I didn't mean <laughs> it like that. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Yep. Uh, before we talk to Todd. Before we talk to Todd. Yeah. I want to uh, talk about some spooky news <laughs> and not some creepy news because that's what that would have been. Yeah. All right, so uh, we got a got some interesting things happening recently. Um, you know, we just recently talked about SpaceX, and it looks like Virgin is now also. Uh, taking thousand dollar down payments for um, space trips and stuff, and they that's they cool. ended up on the uh, New York Stock Exchange. That's not my spooky news. That's just interesting that I read about. Um, but the story that I have comes from sciencefiles.com, uh, and the headline reads: A new theory on time indicates present and future exist simultaneously. So the box universe theory describes now as an arbitrary place in time and states that the past, the future, and the present all exist simultaneously. The Massachusetts Institute of Technology professor of philosophy, Dr. Bradford Scow, suggests that if we look down on the universe as if we were looking at a piece of paper, we would see time spanning all directions exactly the same way that we see space at some point. So what does this really mean? Well, this suggests that time as we know it is incorrect. In other words, it is not linear as we have always thought. In fact, everything around us is always present. Uh, Dr. Scow is not the first scientist to question the way that we perceive time. In fact, in 1915, Albert Einstein introduced a theory of unified space and time. In his general theory of relativity, he proposes that space-time takes shape in multiple or continuous ways, and that if viewed, you'll see both as a four-dimensional vector space, and this vector is known as block theory. Uh, In fact, he said, the distinction between past, present, and future is only a stubbornly persistent illusion. The author here argues that he wouldn't want to believe in that unless I saw good arguments for it. Um, I was interested in seeing what kind of view of the universe you would have if you took these metaphors about the passage of time very, very seriously, Dr. Scow said. He also continued by saying the block universe theory says you're spread out in time, something like the way you're spread out in space, and we're not located at a single time. Uh, Now, Dr. Scow agrees that while these things change and we see them as if time were passing, he believes that we are in a scattered condition and that different parts of time may be dotted around the infinite universe. And he goes on a little bit more to talk about possibility of time travel and and things of that nature, but nothing deep enough for me to continue on. But I I find that very interesting. Uh, 
I, I've never believed that time was linear. Uh, time really, at the end of the day, is a construct, in my opinion, of the human mind. Well, I mean, it, time is time was created to explain the the passage or or the coming death, basically. Yeah, I essentially, mean, it was, yeah. It was <clears throat> that's that's all it is. It's the it's the the body changes from one day to the next or from year to year, and so therefore we had to have a way of tracking those changes. So mm-hmm. we humanity came up with the concept of time. But you know the movie. Uh, there's a movie Interstellar, which is a fantastic, yes, great movie. movie. We actually saw that uh, in IMAX in Chicago. But that that movie right there does a really good job. I mean, yes, it's it's about space travel and stuff, but it's really about the concept of how we perceive time. Right. And so um, that is a great movie to look at with the lens of think about how we perceive time. Well, it was interesting too because it kind of gave an explanation for possible paranormal things too, right? In yeah. a way. <laughs> right. So. so, I mean, one of the, one of the really, the, that scene, the, that movie that really sticks out to me is the scene where the guys in orbit and the crew has gone down to this planet to check on this other shuttle mm-hmm. or whatever. When they're on the planet, it's like minutes have passed, but because they're so close to a black hole, right. so it's slowing down time for them but while the other guy's in orbit, it's been 16 years. Yeah, it's really interesting, and I'm about to bring out Doctor Who, but uh, the last, um, I believe it was the the last episode with uh, Peter Capaldi. I'm not sure. It's either the one, the last one or the one before. Um, but in that, they there was this lo- huge ship. I mean, massive, massive ship. And, um, I mean, it spanned hundreds of thousands of miles. And it got close to a black hole. And there were things that were happening and that because time was so different, there were these there were these ships that housed individual little cities is okay. essentially what it was. Well, if you got closer to the black hole, some of those cities had progressed so far. They were futuristic and things like that were the ones closer to the other side were more still kind of jungleish and things like that. And so time was changing, and you could see the progression of time happen depending on which level of the ship you were moving to. Uh, it was really, really interesting. It was a really cool concept, and that's exactly what that made me think of. Yep. So, but yeah, that that's that's my quote spooky news spooky for the news, week. Yeah. Uh, just because I really found that interesting. You know, like we said, we like to touch on some scientific theories, even if they are a little fringe. Yep. So, did you have anything you wanted to hit on to this week for spooky news? Yeah. Nope. All right. Well, then we are going to move on uh, to a little bit of creepy ketchup. Creepy ketchup. Creepy ketchup. Creepy ketchup. Creepy ketchup. Y'all, it's creepy. All right. Uh, I had something I'm going to tell you right now. I don't remember what it was. It was really, really light. I feel like something. I either saw something out of the corner of my eye or, or bumped me or something, but it wasn't enough for me to remember. So my apologies, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just have two things. One is uh, the last time. When we recorded uh, the last episode, uh, we were at your house, and um, while I was sitting in the chair recording, I felt like the back leg of the chair mm-hmm. moved down, like it, like the floor had depressed, and the mm. chair leg moved down, <clears throat> and then I felt something bump me on the shoulder, like something walked up and stood next to the chair. And so the floor depressed down, and then it bumped me on the shoulder. 
Well, it's interesting. I showed you when you were there that I discovered that adjacent to my house is this very small neighborhood graveyard. Yeah. It looks like there's maybe six or seven stones back it, there, but yeah. I'm like, you could see it from the, the back window. Well, and it's let's be honest, it's probably not a neighborhood graveyard. It's probably, that was a farm. Yeah, like an old family yeah. graveyard, yeah. But but yeah, so it's so there's definitely uh, something going on in your house. Yeah. <laughs> it's not data. <clears throat> so no, it's not. The second thing that I have is, and this is, for for me in my house, I've actually had um, a little bit of a slowdown time for stuff happening, um, and when I think about it, like because I think it's my uh, uh, grandfather who's coming to to help guide me in this journey that I'm on, because he's not been around as much, it makes me think that maybe I'm in a good place on this journey. Sure. And he doesn't necessarily need to be here to guide me. Yeah, I mean, on the psychic side of things, we did recently cleanse your home a few weeks ago and things like that. That's when things started to slow down as well, so. And then, but one thing I do have now is when I lay down at night um, to go to bed, I I, uh, kind of in my mind say, if there's anything out in the universe that wants to show me anything, do so tonight. And I, I pretty much do that every night when I go to bed. Well, every night when I go to bed, I have normal dreams. You know, <clears throat> the exception being last night, I had a dream <laughs> that that this morning, I, I when I thought about it, I felt like was like a glimpse of the future, mm-hmm. and it actually it 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 gave, it gave me a, an idea for a, a business idea for myself and somebody else uh, far into the you know mm-hmm. five or ten years in the future. But anyways, <clears throat> um, that's what really happens though is. I have normal nights, but then when I wake up in the morning, I just have this rush of all these ideas and theories, and 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 most of them ex- like the Wi-Fi had been cut off, and then yeah, and then all on. of a sudden was turned back on, yeah. and it's like, um, and and most of them ex- expound on the theories and ideas from the previous day, and so it's like a continuation. It's like I was, it's like someone's reading me a book, and I'm channeling that into. Because I'm doing video diaries, right? Um, and uh, and then the next day, it's it picks up where it left off the day before. Interesting, very very interesting. And so one of the things that you know we're going to do uh, for those who are listening is um, we're going to be starting a uh, YouTube channel that is called Fearscape Unhinged. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is basically you and I talking about our theories, on right? Things. So uh, and and kind of uh, not holding back. So don't let your kids watch. We might let <laughs> loose, man. Right. So yeah. It would be like old school for your skate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, definitely not a kid, pro- probably not a kid friendly uh, show. Yeah. Though, although there may be some more kid friendly episodes. Sure. But um, but yeah. So that, so that's where I'm. That's where I'm doing these video journals, not only to help me retain what I'm, I guess, spewing, but also to help me. Um, to, to, for us to be able to talk about on our on our upcoming shows, mm-hmm. I, I want you to tell everybody what you dreamed last night. I I don't want to because it is it is such a huge business idea. Okay. That okay. That I don't want somebody to run and, and run with it. Okay. All right. I mean, I'm I'm gonna be uh, so. I'll tell you what. One of my dreams <laughs> that I had the night before was of my dog that passed in mm-hmm. March of last year, and so he like. Was out in the yard, and we we threw the the tennis ball, and then we came inside, and we used to do this thing where I would get down on my hands and knees, and I would duck my head, and mm-hmm. he would like duck his head, and we would just kind of yeah, you know, do what dogs do, but we would do it as person and dog, and I um, hope that's not weird, but nope. um, so in my dream we did that a few a, a, like for a few minutes, and then he laid down, and I pet his tummy and stuff, and then we just kind of laid there and 
and cuddled <laughs> for lack of a better <laughs> no, term. No, I feel you, man. I so, so it's you know, I you know that would be the only thing I guess that that from a dream perspective that uh, you know, I, if if he is visiting me, he's visiting me in my dreams. So. Yeah, absolutely. I think I I've always believed that spirits have a way that they can they can visit us i I feel like anytime my grandmother shows up in my dream it's like a real conversation it's really interesting you know it's different than most dreams yeah so um but yeah so that's this week's creepy catch-up uh so let's get into our ufo sighting of the week yeah so this is actually um this is a combination of sightings and it's relevant because of something else that has recently come out and it's also relevant because of a theory that I have on that something else that's come out so this comes from K-Ron uh, channel 4 and oh that's not his name no <laughs> hey y'all my name is K-Ron I just want to <laughs> tell y'all about a UFO that came down and got me <laughs> you know it reminds me of the uh, <laughs> no, well, it reminds me of in all the Keel books, they talk about the men in black talking in a sing-songy yeah. kind of voice. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what does that even sound like? A sing-songy That's, kind of It voice. sounds like the skinwalker. Hey, <laughs> y'all want to come over and play? That wasn't the skinwalker. That was the Jersey Devil. Same thing. Anyways. Same thing. So... It basically says that huge, silent, unknown craft have been reported flying over populated areas dating back decades. What are they? Black triangles or boomerang-shaped objects, some larger than known aircraft, have been documented, even filmed, over cities across North America as well as in Europe. If they're a classified military project, investigators wonder, then why are the military jets scrambled to go after them? Now, to answer that question, it could be because they're testing. Mm Mm-hmm. How they would how the craft handles against military jets? I right. could I could kind of see that, but well, um, so they launched on several occasions, top of the line military air- aircraft against the things, and they were left in the dust, says Doctor Colm Kellner of the National Institute of Discovery of Science, or NAD. I, I mean NIDS. <laughs> um, <clears throat> one minute over, they're overhead, and the next minute they're off into the horizon. So these all started, I think. Um, really back in the 90s mm-hmm. and then you know some of the stuff that happened over like the phoenix lights and everything right. we talked about that was in 97 then there were sightings in 2004 so it spans like decades of these triangle shaped sightings now kind of jump back a couple weeks there was an article that i think you found and posted on our facebook page about the Navy was granted a patent. Yes, yes. For a triangle shaped craft that uses an electromagnetic drive. Yeah, it's the only reason I really didn't share it here is because I had already shared yeah. it online. <laughs> but, but I mean, so that to me raises the question of um, one, are we in fact developing that? Because they were just granted the patent in like 2018. If we were building this in the 90s, mm-hmm. you would think they already have a patent for it. Number two, is it a release of a? It, it, did they make it known that they were they were? Uh, I don't know, offering or, or applying for a patent to discredit right. actual sightings of triangles. So if you videotape a triangle object now, people will say, "Well, it's, yeah. the Navy has a patent for it, so it's probably the Navy tested it." Right. The same thing when the stealth bomber and all that was yeah. before it became known. Right, exactly. So 
Not to say that we're not coming up with triangle flying craft, because that would be really cool if we are, because that really breaks the whole concept of an electromagnetic drive breaks what we have to this point thought about as combustion mm-hmm. and everything. So um, I think it would be a real leap forward for us as a people, as a human race, to think about things differently in the way of how we get around. Right. And that leap forward will hopefully, you know, we'll get to the point where it'll be the leap home. Well, quantum leap for you. You're okay. welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. Call me Scott Bakula. Okay, Ziggy. <laughs> so yeah, so that's that's the move on. It's like it's not really a, a recent sighting, but it's just really interesting about I don't know all these things. And then I think it was back in 2018, I, I sent uh, I sent you stuff in the uh, the article that I found that talked about uh, China creating a um, a UFO shaped helicopter, stealth yeah. stealth helicopter. Yeah, that that kind of like just was out there, and then nobody talked about it. But again, it's like. Are we actually building these things for flight, or are we building these things so that we can point to them and say, "Well, look, here's yep. where the in China built this thing"? Or it is. it's like, why? Why would you create a triangle shaped? You know, yeah. Like, well, let alone even if you figured out electromagnetic drive and stuff, triangle shapes, unless they're thin enough or aerodynamic enough, don't fly well. Mm-hmm. They're they're like they create a lot of drag, yeah. just from a you know aeronautical term. But so anyway, so all that to be said, that's the MUFON story. All right, so let's go ahead and move right into our interview with Todd. Yeah. All right, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, We are joined here uh, with a very, very special guest. Like we said, we are uh, with uh, Todd Bonner here with um, the Detroit Paranormal Expeditions. And uh, we are so very thankful to have you on, Todd. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you guys for having me on. I'm excited. Yeah, so, and, and, you know, you reached out to us. I think we ran maybe an ad on Facebook, which gets mixed results. But in this case, it turned out well because you reached out to us and said you wanted to had some interest in being on the show. And we'd love, we'd love interviewing people that are actually out in the field doing what we're on here talking about. So that's, it worked out well. Yeah, we have a lot of yeah. times. We've got uh, Keith Age from the Louisville Ghost Hunter Society, the old original rock and roll ghost hunter. So he's, he's been our main ghost hunter. So we're excited to have another one. <laughs> Yeah, Keith's a great guy. I met him a few times um, down in Ohio on a couple of events. He's a good guy. Oh yeah, yeah. he's he's on here quite a bit. So uh, so Todd, um, I guess if we could just talk a little bit about, uh, I guess if you wanted to say, in you know a five minute elevator speech, if you will, a little bit about what uh, DPX, uh, how you guys got started, and what you kind of focus on. Um, Detroit Paranormal Expeditions. Uh, I started with Jeff Adkins um, back in December of 2016, and we were on a team prior to this, uh, four or five years together, and that's why I actually met Jeff. Um, so I kind of got my feet, oh, I can even jump back a little farther, how I even got to the paranormal. Um, I had a couple near-death experiences when I was younger, and then in high school, we used to sneak into an old abandoned um, mental institution here in Michigan. And, <laughs> it's like us with Waverly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I love Waverly too. I've been there a few times. Yeah. I love Waverly. Um, so we'd go into this, you know, hospital all the time, and there's tunnels and forty buildings to explore, and it was wide open. Um, and a girl I was dating at the time, we went to the basement of this huge building, probably two hundred thousand square feet. And there's six of us at the time, and her and I broke off from the group and went on our own, kind of exploring. It was more urban exploring type thing, right? And kind I heard of that abandoned building stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I think that's how I, I, I lo- always loved Urban Exploring when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. If someone dared, dared yeah. me to go to a, a vac- vacant house, I would go in it. Oh, yeah, you that know, was that was me too, Todd, man. Like, growing up in Toledo, <laughs> we had an old, like, uh, paper mill or factory, like, literally two blocks from us that had been closed down the entire childhood I was there. And so me and my friend Nick, we would always be the ones that had to go in there and, like, we'd come back and tell stories. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> It's fun because I love that feeling of um, that scared feeling. I don't. Mm, I, always yeah. try, I can't explain it to people. It's like a. I don't do roller coasters. I'm afraid of heights, believe it or not. Um, but even doing the paranormal and urban exploring is like that rush to me. I guess. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just so hard to explain. Yeah, I get that from pizza uh, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, pizza on a Friday night. Yeah. Woo, yeah. <laughs> myself, myself and the kids love that. Yeah. Um. So I, I heard a disembodied voice, and um, at first I really, it was a male voice telling us to get out, or you should leave. Mm-hmm. And I knew at the time, I couldn't, I couldn't justify that it was a human. It was human, but I could tell it wasn't something on this earth or alive at the time. Right, right. So, so the girl was, was with, kind of freaked out, so we kind of looked around, and there was nobody. We finally caught up to the rest of the group, and um, that kind of stuck with me, and that was in high school. Now, and quick question, was, did, did she hear that as well, or was it just you? Yeah, she heard it too. Oh, wow. Even better, was, even yeah. better, yeah. Yeah. So it kind of, you know, she's like, oh, we're going to get in trouble. I'm like, there's nobody <laughs> in here. <laughs> you know, because we were always worried the police or someone would come in there and get Oh, yeah, absolutely. No one ever, yeah. like that ever happened. Um, so it was kind of like a, it piqued my, I knew it was something else. And I, I think I've always had that intuition um, from mm-hmm. having near-death experiences when I was younger. And they were exploring the paranormal. I loved horror movies. It kind of all kind of intertwined for yeah, my life yeah. for some reason. You sound like me. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, so it, it kind of took off from there. And I kind of kept it because this is back in the late 80s. And there was no TV shows. There was no one to really talk to about it. Um, my father was a police officer for 34 years. He was actually a police chief. Wow. Um, here in a, a city out of, out of Detroit. Um, so we grew up in a household, Catholic schools, grade school, high school. Um, you're kind of taught, um, that those things don't exist. Yep. Same. I went to Catholic school myself, man. (laughs) Right. So you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Absolutely. It's it's kind of ingrained in you growing up, um, that those things don't exist or they are evil that you don't mess with those things. Um, so I never really said anything until I got older. And it kind of became more mainstream, more TV shows. There was mm-hmm. more, it wasn't as taboo to talk about. I think back in the, when I first had my experience, if I would have talked about it openly with people, besides the people that were there, I might have been in a mental institution. Yeah. yeah. I, put me away. You know? I 100%, yeah. you know, like uh, I share a story on here where the very first uh, ghost I ever saw, which I believe was my aunt who had passed away before I was born, my fifth grade teacher, Sister Mary Patrick, convinced me that it was a guardian angel, right? Like not a ghost, you know, right? But a guardian angel, right. you know, because it's either it's either one or the other. There's it's either no, good or evil. Yeah, there's, there's no in between. Yeah. There's yep. no human quality to it. Right, and that's just that's the way it is. I think even I think society and and, and parents obviously because it's it is more mainstream now. People are more open to it. I guess. For yep. sure. Or it's exactly. not something that um, you you deal with on a regular basis. But back then, there was no one to really talk to about that stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, people think you're crazy. YouTube and Facebook and 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 just so many outlets to find things like this. Where then we just what was ever was on TV or at the local library, you know. Well, and then on right, that, 
the double-edged sword there though is that there's also a lot of fakers now oh so so it not only does it give you a a voice or an outlet to talk about it but it also in a way kind of makes you have to make sure that you are 100 percent true that you know that you you followed the hippocratic method and everything and make sure that you produced your results so that somebody can't come along and say well that you you made that in your basement right Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's and I, now obviously with technology, there's the, there people can produce more fake images oh, and yeah. videos now than ever it's, before. It's hurting us big time for sure. It is, and I, you know, and, and as far as our evidence, we just put our evidence out there, and it's up to you to believe what you want to believe or come yeah. up with your own conclusions. Um, we don't force anyone to believe in the paranormal. Um, it's just, it is what it is. This is what we've captured. And yep. I, I can't explain. I tell people I can't explain. I don't know if it's ghosts. I really don't know if it's ghosts. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of theories. It could be parallel universes. It could yes. be, yep. uh, there's just so many different, I don't know. I mean, there's no scientific studies to see exactly what we're experiencing. I right. Mean, but whatever few- it is, it's like, let's check it out and, you know, at least get as close to it as we can. Right. 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 I think that's what keeps bringing me back more and more and more. Every time we get a piece of evidence or we have a personal experience, you want to see how far this can go. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Kind of, you want to see what's going to happen next. At least that's the way I look at it for myself. Personally. I saw, I saw something on, uh, on Twitter a couple of days back that said, um, be weary of anyone who claims to be a paranormal expert. Because, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know if there is any paranormal experts. I think exactly, there's people yeah. with ex- experience, People with more experience to be looked up to, maybe. I, I, I still don't like to use the word expert because I yeah. mean, it's it's such a um, it's a pseudoscience, really. Yeah, right. know, I don't really think think there's really any experts in the field. I don't even call it a field. I don't even think it's a scientific field. I call it more of a community. Um, so many people <laughs> yeah. do do it. Yeah, um, that's good. Yeah, I like that. And a scientific field, you know, obviously when there is studies and stuff, there's a database. There's no database for paranormal activity. There's no one spot to go to where you can do research or, um, and I, I've talked about this before, if, if the paranormal was ever studied, it'd have to be in a controlled environment. Say, let's take Waverly Hills, for example. Mm-hmm. It'd have to be like in a bubble for a year, almost. Yeah. Where you control the temperature, the weather, um, electric, everything about yeah. the, the structure itself, and not have any outside contaminants come in, and then do studies. And that'll never happen because I don't know how many millions that would cost, but <clears throat> you have to have a controlled environment just like any scientific study of any kind of activity or right. virus or anything else to see exactly what you have. Well, and not only that, you would have to have your, um, I can't remember what it's called in science terms, but your, your neutral or whatever, your, your uh, control. Is that mm-hmm. what it's? Your, so you'd have to have another similar type place where you did all the same stuff. And tested it to see if you had, you know, you had to one that was here to compare to compare yeah. it to. Yep. The placebo and site. So, <laughs> also sounds like a band. Really? <laughs> really? And that's, that's, I mean, that's the only way, I guess, to really prove results. I mean, because a lot of teams and groups or individuals that go on do, you know, they can go, I'll use Waverly Hills again because you guys have been there too. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone that goes there doesn't have the same experience. Yeah. I mean, they hear rumors. Oh, I heard, and I don't like. I don't usually like to listen to other people's stories before I go to a place. Same. Because you don't, because you don't get that in your head. You know that thinking in your head ahead of time. Like I'm your anticipation. Right. Um. You kind of go in there blank with a blank slate and and um come up with your own conclusions. See if you experience right. stuff. Well, it's interesting. Um, I also found that if if you go somewhere expecting to experience something, typically you don't experience anything. 
Like you, that's yeah. my experience anyway. That mm-hmm. if I am looking for something to occur, nothing occurs. Yeah, and, and you know, it for me the same thing kind of falls along the lines of like EVPs. I'm like, if I ever capture one, I don't. When I'm sharing it, I try not to tell people what I think it says to see if they hear the same thing. You know, because if I set you up ahead of time, that's what you're going to hear. Right. You know. Exactly. Gonna- yeah, that's and and we work with psychics, and I try to. I'm not a psychic by any means. I think I'm, my intuition's strong from doing hundreds and hundreds of investigations. Mm-hmm. I trust my gut. Um, but the, when we work with psychics, we never tell them any information of the place we're going to and down the history. Um, and, and what we found is they, they work better when they don't know anything about the place yeah, they're going yeah. to. So I try to adapt that to when I investigate too. I mean, there's sometimes I do do the research, um, of a location and you know, you kind of get some of the history to it, but I don't like hearing the paranormal experiences too much. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the same goes. I read tarot as well, and I I struggle reading myself because I know everything about me, and so it's absolutely clouded. I can't I can't find real information <laughs> because I'm I'm already thinking about myself and everything and trying to fill in the gaps. And I feel the same way for a psychic. It's like if you give them everything, it they're they're even if they are truly psychic, it's going to be hindered because it's going to be gaps are going to be filled in where they may not have should have been. It's like walking in. into a right. smoke-filled room, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, same thing. Yep. So you um, had some near-death experiences. You and your girlfriend snuck into a place, and somebody told you to get the F out. And then <laughs> fast forward, what what came next? Um, many years went by. I, I lived a fairly normal life. Um, and then <laughs> I, I just I just decided when I got older, I said, I don't really care what people think about me. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit anymore. I'm just yep. going to do this. You know what I mean? Because I think once you kind of put yourself out there with social media, people start judging you. And um, it, it was still relatively new, the paranormal. I mean, there's a few TV shows on. Um, so I joined this team. And I met Jeff. Um, we were on this team, like I said, five, four, maybe six years, four to six years. Um, but we wanted, it, it was more, they did a few things a year. We want to do more. We, mm-hmm. we started to get that taste in our mouth. Yeah. And, you know, want to go places and, experience things and explore more so we just decided to create our own team in december of 2016 um we started out with nothing we had nothing at all um no equipment anything we just said we're going to do this um we recruited some of our friends that, that were interested in this stuff and uh really the rest is history to how we got to where we are now um kind of just took off we started going places and um meeting people and we've traveled all over the united states and been a lot of Awesome. The famous Hana locations, and um, but we like doing. Uh, we're a huge. One of our main, I guess, goals starting out with was historical preservation. If there's any way we could help with the um, paranormal, preserve and raise money. We've we've worked with a lot of historical societies and um, businesses that, that are trying to save historic buildings, um, whether it's public tours or public presentations and stuff like that so we've been very very fortunate and very very lucky to um use the paranormal to help others in others other ways you know i mean not necessarily paranormal ways but uh, you know we've worked with um we've donated a lot of money to charities uh probably mcdonald house of detroit donated a lot of money to gleaners food bank here in detroit we've worked with them quite a bit so we've been able to turn the paranormal into ways to helping people just general people that aren't even into the paranormal that's amazing that is awesome yeah We've been very blessed, very lucky, and um, 
we'll keep doing more. We created a beer here in Detroit with Atwater Brewery. Ah, <laughs> <also. laughs> yeah. A paranormal themed beer. It's called Hello from the Other Side. It's a Saison. <laughs> That's um, awesome. So if you're up in Detroit, stop at Atwater Brewery or Atwater in the Park in Gross Point. Yeah, I might do hello, that. This hello weekend. from the Other Side. <laughs> That's fantastic. It's actually, yeah. it's actually pretty good. Cool, man. <laughs> yeah, my improv troupe, there's a, a local um, coffee shop here that'll name coffees off after things and we had our improv troupe years back had our own coffee it was damn good coffee because we were damaged goods <laughs> so. yeah, yeah kind of, it was kind of a cool thing and i you know surprised that water wanted to do this with us and um they said yeah let's do this and come up with some ideas and we said can you make something with sage and they came up with sage saison and awesome you know i'm not i'm not a big like beer drinker craft beer drinker but mm-hmm. i actually like it actually tastes really really good that's awesome, man. That's great. Um, so you guys got, you know, so you've had four years and you guys have busted your ass. And now, I mean, you're traveling all over the country. That's pretty remarkable. And so I would say that tells me you guys are doing a lot of research on places you want to reach out to and having to essentially be salesmen, you know, so to speak, as a way to get yourself invited. Yeah, when we first started, um, I reached out to so many people. Just email and beg because we want to come because one of our things too is trying to get in places that have never been investigated before. Right. And we've been lucky to do things like that. So now that our popularity's grown, um, a lot of people come to us now. So Great. That's that makes awesome. it a lot easier. You know what I mean? I used to call and email and hound people. And, yep. Um, I still do, I still do. Yeah. But it's uh, <laughs> it's it's easier now. You know they'll yeah, oh yeah, yeah. we heard of you guys or we saw you on TV or whatever. Um, even though I think we have more credibility because we've been on TV, which really doesn't matter. I think our work speaks for itself. Right. Um, but that's, so, sometimes know, people think that way. You know, you mentioned earlier about uh, how when you kind of when you first got started, that there was um, it was still kind of a, a taboo thing, almost a little bit. So I, I wonder if as as society is starting to accept more of the paranormal investigation stuff, if that's opening these businesses that are operating in these locations to want to have that come in one for exposure, right? Because I'm sure you're going to talk about their business. And so that's exposure for them. And two, because right. it, adds, it adds kind of that cool factor for that location that, uh, that kind of helps to set them aside from someplace else. Yeah. And I, you know, some places embrace, um, the paranormal, um, business owners and, um, and it's surprising me who, who sometimes the people are, um, we work with Wayne State, um, it's a college here in Detroit. Yep, I'm very familiar with um, Wayne State. They have Bonsell Theater. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a 115-year-old theater in downtown Detroit. It's reported, reported to be haunted. When we first started, I reached out to them, and they're like, no, we don't let you know paranormal stuff come in. And fast forward three years later, they're reaching out to us to come investigate. And uh, we had uh, Channel 4 News went with us on it. And we ended up doing a tour there and raising money for their um, dance and theater um, class at Wayne State. So things like that happen where before they wouldn't let us and also now they will, which is really, really cool because we love Detroit. Um, the Bonstall Theater is a beautiful theater. Yeah, and absolutely. Haunted. We got some, some really good evidence out of there. Yeah, um, my uh, my theater professor was a Wayne State, uh, got his master's degree there. And so when I ended up going to Western Kentucky University, for us to both be able to talk about Detroit was really amazing. Um, and I almost went to Wayne state myself for my grad, but, uh, ended up just being a lazy bum instead, but, <laughs> but yeah, that's how we got Jeff, Jeff from the team actually graduated from uh, Wayne state. So that's and fan, Lauren yeah. from our team graduated from Wayne state. Love so. Wayne state, man. 
cool, cool campus. It's right in the heart of downtown Detroit. And like I said, Detroit's now is getting built up. It's really, really nice. Um, so so it's, it's, it's fun doing stuff like that. We're able, we're able to give back. So I want to jump a little bit into kind of what you guys have actually got going on right now. I saw, I think, I think it was maybe a couple of days ago, a pop-up on YouTube that you had put a new video up for the, the Naval base. And then I think you got some other things going on. Um, yeah, we just, there's a, uh, there's a, a city, it's on an island, it's called Grosiel. And there is an old um, Naval base that people kind of forget about was on this island. It's right out of, it's right, it's right on the Detroit River. Out to Lake Erie, and um, it was huge. It was a huge naval base, one of the bigger ones inside the United States. And it operated to like 1960s, mid 60s, and then it was shut down. Um, but like George W. Bush, Ernest Wings there, Bob Barker, um, Amelia Earhart came through there, had dinner at this place we investigated. Charles Lindbergh came through this place we investigated. Um, so the barracks and everything else are tore down. There's only two buildings left. One of the hangars. And then this officers club, it's like they have, they had dances and some of the higher ranked officers would stay in this nicer, instead of the barracks would stay in this, I guess it was like a giant house, but they had a bar and a dance floor and um, it's really, really cool place. And this guy's trying to, his dad started saving, his dad passed away, then his son has taken it over. It's kind of like a bed and breakfast, but it's not, like you could rent a room for like a hundred dollars a night. They're refurbished in each room um, when they get the money and, and try to save the bed because it's, it's a rather large I want to say it's maybe 40,000 square feet so it's not really small and it's three floors yeah um, so we've got some really really good stuff out of there and, and, and the gentleman's dad's name was Art so we've talked to people that worked there before and it's the ghost of Art you, gotta, you know you hopefully contact the ghost of Art <laughs> right and we actually did he said I'm proud of my son with our spirit box I'm proud of my son what he's doing um, said his name Art so it's kind of um rewarding wow. for us and then also also his son to hear that you know and his son was like skeptical <laughs> like for skeptical right, yeah. of the paranormal and i approached them um said, would you guys ever because we've always heard it was kind of haunted and they've never had anything paranormal done there before and um i said we'd love to help you guys save the building and we could do tours we did a couple tours there we raised a few thousand dollars for them and it, you know goes to help towards you know restoration and restoring so this beautiful great. place yeah. But it's 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 just it's awesome to do something like this. And like I said, it's an old naval base. It's kind of paying respect. And people think, you know, you know, paranormal. It's you're you're conjuring or you're provoking. We're not. We're right. just the opposite. We're, we, we try to communicate. And sometimes they don't communicate. Sometimes they do. Um, we try to pay respect to the uh, if you believe they're human spirits, um, pay respect to them as much as possible. And it seems like places that have been, at least from my experience seems super active you know i don't know if they've been waiting for years and years and years to have someone talk to them um but it's it, it's i find that it's, it seems active more than more than usual well and i know i've i've lived in some houses that have uh that have, we've had some activity like so uh, my grandparents house for example that I've, I've talked about on here before but um it was built in 1825 and it had a doctor's uh-huh. office yeah, so it had a doctor's office and a school on one side of the house and then living quarters on the other side when it was originally built. And so in the doctor's office, as you can imagine, there was a lot of activity that happened in there. Lamps would turn on, an electric organ would turn on and play sometimes. Um, and so <clears throat> the number of experiences that I've had in oh, there wow. 
you know, just leads me to believe that there's something going on. But one thing I never, I, I really never like with anybody that I've watched or, or, or been with is anybody who provokes the ghost into doing something. And I just, I don't agree with that. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Zach Baggins who does that. He's, you know, I'm like, leave him alone, man. <laughs> ghost got feelings too. No, yeah, I don't either. I think you got to think like, if, I always think of it like if someone's coming in my house, how a stranger's walking into your house and they just start, what's your name? Who are you? I mean, yeah. you got to think, I try to look at it in that terms. Like, how would you act walking into some, a total stranger's house? You know, you got to try and be polite, respectful. Um, and I think that's, that's another reason we get a lot of responses. I, I, I don't know why we get so much evidence that we do, a lot of EVP stuff, um, some shadow figures, and some things caught on video, but it's, <clears throat> I think it's the way we approach it. Um, I've never wanted to provoke anything. Um, I've never, I've, I've ran into, I want to say negative energies, nothing demonic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because if you do believe they are human, there's good people in real life and there's bad people in real life. And I don't right. think that changes once you go to the afterlife. Once you pass on, I think if you're bad here in the real world, you're going to be bad on the other side. You know, so I think sometimes you run into people like that, whether it's in prisons, you know, murderers or um, people that career criminals that have been bad people. Right. Uh, some of those energies linger um, for some reason. And, and those might be the negative energy you experience. Not everything's demonic. I see a lot of people want to want to have demonic experiences, but right. I well, don't want to ever have any kind of experience like that. I don't, that's scary and that's real and that can really put a lot of oh yeah uh, really ru- ruin your life if you ever have any demonic from what i've read and yeah. what i've seen um, and you know one of the theories that i have is that um that vacant buildings um because they don't have any um any other influence other than potentially those energies that are left behind that they become a vacuum and they draw uh, any 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 energy that's in the area, so it could be positive or it could be negative because it's a vacuum of space, and so nature abhors a vacuum. I'm curious right. if, if of the areas that you've gone to, if any of them have been you know left vacant for a long time, and if they had, do you typically have more experiences in those places than others? It would help me to maybe uh, valid, validify my uh, my theory. Um, there's been one. I, I'm trying to think. One place I've it's kind of vacant. The upper floors are vacant, vacant since 1982. It was a psychiatric hospital here in, in Michigan called Eloise. And we were the first group to investigate it back in August of 2018. The first two floors were in use until 2016, but the upper three um, psychiatric wards floors were not in use. They were locked off. It was actually like stepping back in time. Um, and for me, the first time we investigated there, I actually... I don't want to say ran out, but I got out of there fairly quickly. <laughs> that was on the third floor. Um, I think that's on our YouTube channel. I think Jeff might have put that on YouTube. Um, but I, we had our cameras going, static cams going on the third floor. And uh, I, we had investigated until like 1.30, 1.40 in the morning. And I think there were six or seven of us there at the time. And so everyone came up on the third floor. We started talking. And I got on my phone and started catching them on Facebook or whatever. And I kind of got into my phone like a fool. And everyone walked away and I was left alone on the third floor. Well, I didn't know at the time, but everyone had left the building. I was in there by myself. <laughs> so a lot of times when we do our, our investigations, we run static cams and we'll do a Facebook live. So people can actually watch the investigation live. So 
I had the monitor and the, the Facebook Live was going, and I was a little bit scared. I'm not gonna lie, I was a little bit scared. I'm afraid to admit that I'm scared doing this sometimes. And I was by myself on the third floor. It's a huge building. It's 200,000 square feet. Wow. Um, so I, I, in my mind, I felt comfortable, like someone was there with me talking to people on Facebook. They're asking questions about Eloise and the investigation. So I talked back and forth with people. And then I started hearing something in the back of the ward um, that I was in, like footsteps. Mm-hmm. So at first I thought maybe the guys had snuck back around and came back in the building and were trying to scare me. And I took my flashlight and it, this is on our static cameras around that you can see there's nothing in there. I'm saying hello, hello, and you can hear me saying hello. And I just go back and just kind of rationalize it off because I was by myself. And I go back and start just answering questions again on Facebook. And then it got louder. And it kept coming closer and closer. And I could feel, I guess, again, I'm not a psychic or an empath or anything like that, but I could feel this energy coming towards me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, I shot my flashlight again. There's nothing there. And I said, you can hear me say, you know what? I'm, I'm done. I'm out of here. And I took off out, <laughs> went down the stairs. There's no power in this in the psychiatric hospital, I, I run out. It takes about two, three minutes to get downstairs. I go on, go on the parking lot and I see everybody's outside. So that's when I first knew that everybody was outside. So I start, I said, there's something up there. There's mm-hmm. something up walking around, making noise. I don't know what it is, but you guys need to come up there. So they're like, yeah, right. Yeah, right. I said, come up here and check this out. So we went up there. Nothing happens. It's all quiet, of course. <laughs> and um, the good thing is we were recording it the whole time. So, when we went back after the record, went back and reviewed the um, audio and video that you could watch myself leave and the camera still follow me all the way out down the stairs. As, when I'm gone for at least five or six minutes straight, there's footsteps. There's, I was where I was at, there was a shower, um, patient shower area. You can hear the shower curtains going back and forth. You can hear cabinets opening and closing, like um, filing cabinets. You can hear footsteps, things dragging across the floor. The camera's there. There's nothing, nothing on the camera that you can hear wow. on the audio. And you know, with like paranormal, like you know, activity, or when you, you capture an EVP, it's very subtle. You yeah. have to go over, over, and over. Did I hear that? What is this? This is not subtle. This is very blatant and loud. Um, it's probably one of the best experiences, even though I was scared somewhat, um, that I've ever had paranormal-wise. You know, especially ca- capturing the evidence after I had left the room. It was right. just very lo- loud and blatant. That, that is an amazing experience. I I have not had an opportunity to have an experience like that. I, I would welcome it. <laughs> uh, yeah, you say that now. No, I, I know when people, people, people get mad or question, like, well, you're a paranormal investigator. Why would you stay there? But it was, I always tell people, it's like a fight or flight type instinct. Like, yes. I wanted to stay. Trust me, I want to stay. Yep. But my body was saying, go, just right. go. Something's not right, just go. You can't my control those. Telling me no. Right. <laughs> Right. It's just a crazy. So I don't know if that answered your question about a place that's been yeah. kind of abandoned for, you know, 20, 30 years. Um, for us to go to that first night, that kind of activity happened that never happened to me before. Well, I'll tell you, speaking of old abandoned and uh, Detroit River, my dream spot is to someday get to go to Bablo Island. Like that was, you know, my place when I was a kid. Have you guys ever had a chance to get out there at all? Um, no, that's on the Canadian side. They do yeah. do tours um, over there. There's still a few, I guess, the pavilion. Because I used to go to Bobo too when I was a kid. Oh yeah, those are oh, no yeah. too. Um, and there was one of the boats here in the river, but it, it got caught on fire. I think last year. I want to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. I had been following that. To save it. it was so cool to see the old boat, like, and to remember being a kid and and going on that. 
and it, I guess there was a welder in there, and I guess one of his, I don't know, they really don't know what happened, but it went up in flames. You can still see it on the river, but it's mm. probably beyond repair now. But he was trying to save it and salvage it and kind of bring it back to its glory. Um, but no, Bobble, it's been one of the places I want to go to. There's a lot of cool things still there. Yeah, um, I watch a lot of YouTube videos of people like, you know, sneaking there and, <laughs> and, and going and checking out all the old buildings. Not that we encourage <laughs> trespassing. No, no. No, that's one thing we don't do because obviously yeah. we're, we're an LLC. We're also a business, so we don't right. break the law. We get, we get permission from every business that we, you know, place we enter. And um, yeah, I mean, I'd love to. If, if I wasn't on this, if I didn't own this company, I would obviously do something like that. But, <laughs> uh, when, I was, when I was when I was younger, I used to be fearless, but I don't. Yeah, I don't yeah. condone trespassing now. You know, especially I mean? across international borders, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, catch an American. You, I don't know what the Canadian laws are either. For yeah, it be you, don't, you don't. You here. You don't want an Aqua Mountie coming after you, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We have a place do, here that's called Rosemont. Yeah, that's and I. Okay. I want to go. I want to do that so bad. And uh, but yeah, we have a place here called Rose Island, and it's right across the river in Indiana, and it's this old amusement park that was there late 1800s early 1900s and most everything is gone but there are still like foundations and um a few like pillars and it was during that neoclassical period and uh it's incredible and you know you can take tours as well but a lot of people that grew up in that area talk about years and years and years ago when they all used to just sneak out there and smoke pot and you know get into the buildings that were dilapidated that are now gone you know so <laughs> right there's something about that, yeah. But yeah, I'm with you. I'm too old to be sneaking on the stuff anymore. No, you know what? my knees can't handle it. No. Yeah. <laughs> like if if somebody shows up, I'm like, you got me. Yeah, they're running anymore. Yeah, and you know, I mean, when you're younger, obviously, that you know, the, if you did get caught, they'd please just send you home, and you get in trouble by your parents. I don't, you don't know what you're gonna run into now. Ooh, especially owners your dad. of properties and yeah. Yeah, so I didn't I didn't do that stuff too often. When I did do it, I never got caught. Thankfully, uh, let me let me say it that way. I didn't get caught really. Yeah, um, yeah. So Todd, it's uh, but, it's been it's been great having you on. Um, we we honestly probably could talk for a couple of hours, but we we try to make our show uh, just a little bit over an hour, and so we we've, uh, we've gone for for quite a bit. And I, I just want a couple uh, touch on a couple of things. Uh, one is sure. there any is there anything that our, our listeners should know about you like um, uh, anything that you got going on that that you want to get out there uh, for our listeners to know about yeah especially because like my my whole family is from Detroit Flint area and in fact I reached out to a number of them when talking about you guys and they a lot of them had heard of you guys from the news and things like that so we have a lot of listeners that are already up in your area so okay um, yeah they, absolutely. We're going to be doing some tours uh, again this year. We just did one at the Naval Base, the old Naval Base, the pilot house. Um, we're going to be doing, there's a place in Detroit called the Sixth Precinct. It used to be the old Detroit Police Department, Sixth Precinct, over on, uh, in southwest Detroit. A friend of ours is re restoring this building. We're going to be doing some um, tours there. We're going to be in West Virginia at Sweet Springs Sanitarium, May 28th, Ooh. I believe, yeah, um, for a public event Pleasant there. This year, so, yeah, we'll be out that way. That's not far from us. So. Yeah, Sweet Spring Sanitarium is supposedly really super hot. A friend of mine runs that, and uh, I saw it on Destination Fear. It was a show on um, mm -hmm. Travel Channel. They they came out and filmed us. We were at Eloise, and then they did Sweet Spring Sanitarium, and that was one of their most active places. It looked it looked creepy to me, so I'm excited <laughs> about going there. 
Um, we're going to Beaver Island. We're going to work with a lot of historical societies. Working, well, we just signed with Detroit Historical Society here in Detroit. We're going to investigate Fort Wayne, That's awesome. um, their historical site in downtown. Probably do some public stuff there too. We're just still finalizing that stuff. Um, but yeah, we're we're all over, and we usually yeah, post on our social media. I, I might get be able to if you guys are ever interested in getting to Toledo. I got some some content. My whole family, my my main family, is there, and uh, there's a lot of historical buildings there too, man. That are oh just, yeah ripe for that yeah we'd love to yeah we'd love to we're always we're we're i just a guy reached out to us a friend of a friend of a farm in 1850 in temperance yeah fishing and i think that's Mm -hmm. kind of by the ohio border yeah it's it's my dad lives right on the border it's like 10 minutes up the road is temperance okay yeah so jeff and i are heading out sunday and talk to his family but they've Send us pictures of this girl in a white dress all over their property (laughs) looks like a ghostly figure and then a picture in their house and that's the farm is in 1850 it's a huge huge site so yeah. um we're excited about doing that and anything like that that's never been investigated before again you never know what you're gonna get that's what makes this fun right exactly yeah that when going through a lot of your evidence and stuff that was one of the stories that stuck out to me was the uh that uh one of your people uh, i can't remember the name but she had seen a woman and that was like you guys need to get out of here <laughs> you know oh yeah, like, yeah. That was, like, a, that was a lighthouse in Beaver Island, and yeah. of course, Jeff and I, we don't listen to that. We went right in, and that's <laughs> catching one of our one of our best EVPs ever, actually, um, by disobeying that that energy. I think it, it made her made her mad, and she told us to leave or get out. Or that, that one's another one you could kind of come up with your own conclusion what it says. Right, and you know what? You told me you're a horror movie guy too, just like me. Mm-hmm. And you know, when the crazy person is telling you to get out, you gotta get out, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I broke You're the color of the horror doomed. movies. I, I go go right in. Go right head yep. first. Like Thank you for the warning. I appreciate it. <laughs> so hey, Todd, hey, we're actually going. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say we're actually going back. That that we captured that EVP and we're what you were talking about. That lady telling us to leave the the energy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, a lighthouse on Beaver Island. Yeah. Here in Michigan, and so we're going back. We're actually going to stay the night. We've got access to the actual house this time, which we couldn't get access to wow, last time. We stayed the night so in this cool. place. Yeah, I don't know how cool it's going to be because it kind of scared me. But um, <laughs> right, right, good scared. I, I, I'm looking. I'm looking for. Yeah, good scared. I'm looking forward to it. That's fantastic, man. That, I, I, I am a good jealous of you guys. Like it's <laughs> one of those, especially because you know you're in my family state. You know, like and uh, just, I just I love Detroit. I love all of Michigan, and it's 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 cool to live vicariously through you guys. <laughs> it's it's been fun, and we've like I said, we've been very lucky, very blessed, and very humbled by the just the support and and love that we get. And it's it's just it's been amazing. It's been yeah, a fun, I, I'm fun absolutely ride. fascinated at looking at all your guys' stuff and how much you've accomplished in four years. It's it's remarkable. So, hey, Todd, I just wanted to ask you one more thing, and that is, um, sure. it, how do you feel about ancient aliens? <laughs> we always try to ask <laughs> a question that's outside of your purview. <laughs> um, ancient aliens, aliens, you know, paranormal. I'm really into aliens. I'm I've never really got into that much. Um, I, I think, obviously. There's something else out there besides us. Um, and I sometimes think that the paranormal, I don't know if it's, it could be aliens that we're talking to now when we do the paranormal stuff, the EVPs we capture, yeah, the, the shadow right. figures, honestly. Um, and people have talked about this. I've been kind of researching alien stuff like that. I do believe that aliens have been here maybe before we were. Um, I mean, the universe <laughs> is really old. 
So yeah, I mean the, the the path we're on right now is we're reading a lot of John Keel, the guy that wrote the Mothman prophecies, and watching right. a great documentary called Hellier. We've been um, obsessed with that, and it's that idea that all paranormal things are truly the same thing. They're really connected somehow. We just haven't figured it all out yet. You know, that's kind of the path we're we're researching down right now. <laughs> no, and I and I and I mean I've never. I just think because. Like the universe is so big, and, right. and you know UFO exponent. The Bigfoot stuff, I'm not so sure on because there's not a lot of evidence with mm-hmm. Bigfoot stuff. Right. Um, but UFO and alien stuff, especially with the government releasing a lot of those videos now lately, and yeah. um, United States government, Canadian government, I guess the, the British government's going to release like yep. 60 years of. Yeah, we just talked um, about that. They're going to have a whole website out open to the public. Like I'm yeah. super excited. Yeah. Just tear through that. <laughs> <laughs> just so I mean some- it's. People ask, is there aliens among us now? There could be. You know, I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. Yeah. yeah, that's the joy of the paranormal, though. I guess we right. won't ever know till we know, till you know. know. Yep. <laughs> right. Yeah, thank right. you, man. We thank you so much for taking your time and, you know, humoring us and having fun with us and sharing your stories. And, we, and I know that we didn't even scratch the surface with you, man. <laughs> no, I have there's so much to talk about. I, I love talking about this stuff, obviously. That's why when I saw your guys' thing, I'm like, yeah, I'd like to reach out and, and see if yeah. you guys want to have me on i'm glad you guys did and i had a great time i appreciate it yeah maybe we can uh, have you on again sometime else yeah and uh if anytime. i get up there in august anytime. for the improv festival maybe we can grab some coffee man yeah just get a hold of me for sure yeah, yeah i'll be do. around and maybe i'll show you a couple haunted spots around here <laughs> absolutely <laughs> <laughs> now i need to go to the improv festival <laughs> no you stay where you're at buddy <laughs> But, but yeah, thanks so much, Todd. It's been uh, an absolute pleasure. Where can they find you? Uh, that's the last bit for give your plugs. Um, you can find us at our website, DetroitParanormalExpeditions.com, and we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. I even think we might have a Snapchat. I'm not sure, but yeah, I think um, everybody kind of has a Snapchat. <laughs> I don't. That's I'm a little bit too old for that. The, the yeah. younger guys on the team do the Snapchat, but I don't. We yeah. have it, I think. So yeah. but you can go on our uh, our website, not our our social media channels are on the top there. And yep, I'm looking at them somewhere. right there. We'll be sharing all of this for you. And uh, yeah, like we said, we'd love to get back with some time and good luck on everything you guys are doing. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Yep. Have a good night. You too. Bye. Wow. Thank you again, Todd. Thank you so much. And thank you, DPX, for letting him come out to play. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know it. if he asked for permission since no, you know, he we started didn't. it. But. Jeff, we just wanted to say yeah. we'd love to have you on sometime yeah. as well. And uh, thanks for letting Todd come out. And yeah. Play. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> so lots of spooky stuff going on in Detroit, oh, Michigan. Yeah. And, you know, my family's up there. It's like they've all got... I mean, I grew up in a home that was very open to the paranormal, and everybody had stories and ghost stories. And, and you know, my grandmother was a psychic and yeah. uh, all sorts of things like that. And it, 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 it's cool to hear things from around my neck of the woods. If, if anybody listens to this episode and doesn't take away at least the fact that you have family in the area... Did you guys know they that... They didn't listen. That <laughs> I'm from... Southeast Michigan, <laughs> Northwest Ohio area. That's where my family's from. <laughs> so, but yeah, that, what a great, what a great bunch of 
just stories and like, oh, I can't even wait. Yeah. <clears throat> I want to dig into the evidence some more. I've been playing through the website as we've yeah. been talking and things like that. I mean, they, they have so many EVPs on there on their website and just news stories and uh, I love I love his his outlook on it as we're just going to put it there. Right. I mean, believe it or not, I'm not going to try to defend it. This is just what what we saw and heard. Well, I mean, that's that's kind of the the approach we have for the show, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, pretty much. You know, when you, you got you guys tune in and you listen, and you can you can decide if you want to accept what we offer or not. Yeah, you can accept. In fact, speaking of accepting, when I was at um, Circle K. Yesterday, I had a li- uh, this girl was like, hey, can you pass me a straw? And I said, yeah. And she says, after I get this straw, can I ask you a question? And I'm like, oh, cool. Maybe I taught her improv or theater at some point, or uh, maybe she listens, knew my voice from Fearscape. Yeah. No, it was about if I knew what was going to happen when I die. Oh. And so I've got this 13-year-old girl trying to get me to accept Jesus Christ in front of the Coke Zero <laughs> thing. So... <laughs> That was fun. Now she dipped her finger in the Coke and blessed you. Yeah, and blessed my forehead. I don't know. Whatever. Um, but uh, the, the stories, though, the, what I wanted to really get to was our listener story this yep. week. Uh, we've kind of uh, gone back. We had uh, some UFO-style cryptids stories, and so I want to get back to another ghost story. Um, this comes from a listener named Ricky Sexton. Um, who is a member of the uh, Haunted History of Kentucky page as well, and a listener, and uh, this is his story. It's spooky. So I have a story from my childhood that my mom told us kids, and it was one that she was told when she was young, and I always loved to hear old spook tales from years gone past, and I heard a lot of them when I was a kid, and I always listened with great admiration, so here's one of those tales of, about it. A family was living in this house, and they heated and cooked everything on a heating stove. Most people did back then, and when they would get in bed every night, they would hear something exactly the same time every night, and it sounded like the front door opened and someone walking in and going to where the heating stove was, and they would get up and they would look, but never seen anything, and the door was still shut, and this went on for a very long time every night at exactly the same time. And then one night, before they got in bed, the husband, who was exhausted, nailed boards across the door. And at exactly the same time that night, it sounded like the door opened. But this time, it sounded like chains being drugged across the floor. And it sounded like it was coming to their bedroom. So they were so scared, they all got under the covers and covered themselves up. And Mama said that it came to the side of the bed where the husband was and just about beat him to death. And then it left. And when they got up and went to the living room, the door was shut and the boards were still nailed across it. They never did hear it anymore after that night. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Don't don't nail boards across the doors. Yeah. (laughs) Once again, you know, Todd talked about this. It's like we're walking into their house. Right. So whether this is your house now or not, somebody lived there before. And if that spirit is there and that's his routine every night. Right. Whew, boy, well, just got into the way of that. you know something else that that I was thinking about, and we've talked about before, uh, with uh, ghosts kind of inheriting the space, even if something else is built over top of it. Yeah, you know, and Todd mentioned that they do a lot of stuff for you know conservation of, mm-hmm. of old places and things like that. And just so think about that: if you're a business who buys an old, uh, let's say, factory, and it's haunted, and then you tear it down and build your new business on top of that. You've just inherited yeah. all of those haunts. Yep, every bit so. of it. It don't matter what you try to do. 
Um, but yeah, it's very interesting, and it, and it makes me wonder if those nails were made of iron, and there is any truth to the idea that iron hurts spirits and things like that, huh. right? You know, I don't know. I don't know. But interesting, the chains drug, especially with Todd's story of here and the chains being right, drug exactly. as well. Right, exactly. Very interesting. I mean, it's, you know, you don't, you don't take just your fists to a ghost fight. No, <laughs> no. You take salt, you take sage, you take a woman that, that's short and little and named Zelda, so she can say, this house is clearer. And uh, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, but no, that's our listener story. Remember, you can send in your listener story. So thank you, Ricky. You can send in your listener story to uh, fearscapepodcast at gmail.com or find us on any of our social media at fearscapepod. That's uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. DM us there. Send us your stories. Um, uh, look for us on message boards. I'm all over the place. I'm all over Reddit. I'm all over any, any paranormal alien board. I'm out there. Um, and also, uh, you know, we've had some people buying our T-shirts. Thank you guys yep. so much. You have no idea how happy that makes us. Um, we just love spreading the word like that, and uh, we're going to be putting some more T-shirts on there. You can get that on our website, fearscapepodcast.com. There you can either click the uh, hamburger. Is that what you said? It's yeah, called the, the hamburger tab. The th- hamburger menu or the three-line menu. Yeah, people the three-line menu you. and hit store or just hit, click the store on the website. And go in there. They're they're only about twenty bucks. They're pretty, and I've been wearing mine, and it's comfy. It's it is really, very really comfy. comfortable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> surprisingly, because usually they're pretty not good. But yeah. <laughs> uh, kudos to T Public. You guys yeah. make some good shirts. Uh, but yeah, so check out those T shirts and uh, check out some of the other T shirts we put on there and support some of our friends and things like that. And aside from that, you got anything else, Josh? Nope, nothing else. All right. Well, we got to get out of here then, and uh, we will, yeah, we'll just go ahead and get out of here yeah. then. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see you guys next week. This has been Stefan, and I will catch you on the flippity-doo side. This has been Josh. The truth is out there. And uh, don't forget, everybody, make sure to hold those blankets extra tight. Good night, folks. Good night. I'm so glad you were able to join us for that horrifying discussion. I hope they didn't frighten you too much. (laughs) Tune in next week for even more research into the nightmarish and haunting creeps and spooks that we tell ourselves don't exist, but we know they do. Make sure you have your blankets that you hold them extra tight. Next time on Fearscape. <laughs>